Hey guys, welcome back to our 20th episode of the Beat is for Brutal MMA podcast. I really can't believe we've been doing this for 20 weeks now. That is insane and I'm very proud of that. Um, and for a very special episode, we actually have a very special um, guest today. We have Dakota Harry Bush. He fights in the UFC in the lightweight division and he has a record, I think, of 8-3-0 and and he actually has a fight scheduled for January 15th. He's a really cool guy. We really enjoyed this episode. So I hope you guys like this episode as much as we did um, recording it. And definitely go out and watch him fight on January 15th and support him. And thank you again for listening week after week. Just hanging out with us, talking UFC. This is BS for Brutal MMA podcast. Welcome back for week 20, episode 20. Yeah, we've got a great guest this week. We've got the best, one of the best nicknames in the UFC, Dakota Harry Bush. <laughs> How's it going, bud? Man, it's it's uh it's going great. Um, I'm home for the weekend actually. Uh, I've been up in Kansas City doing my training camps with uh, James Krause and all the guys up at Glory. So, um, feels good to be home. You know, I'm gonna head back up tomorrow morning and then head back for Christmas. So. I can't Heck complain. Yeah, yeah Deja, that's a, they've got a lot of people you might know at that gym. Deja's not a super – she hasn't been a fan for that long, maybe only about two years. But that's where, uh, you know, Jeff Molina, who bought the, beat the Mongolian murderer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A good nickname. He fights out of there. So I know you liked that fight. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great gym up there. So – Anyways, Deja had a couple of questions. You want to roll into them, Deja? Or yeah, I mean, I ask a lot. Like, I usually try to ask everybody, like, what kind of got you into like fighting and MMA? For some people, it's maybe they were like getting in trouble in school, or like maybe someone in their family fought in the, you know, previously. Yeah, that's exactly the case for me. Um, my dad used to fight MMA when I was, I guess he started when I was right around fifth, sixth grade, and. Uh, he only fought as an amateur and had like eight or nine fights. And um, when I got to high school um, and wrestling throughout my life, and then uh, I went to college for wrestling and uh, I wasn't really feeling it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. I wasn't really liking the atmosphere. So after one semester of wrestling in college, I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to give a uh, fighting a, a, a go. And a lot of people were like, you're crazy. You know, you need to stay wrestling. I'm like, man, I really think I could uh, I could do something with fighting. And I, I fought, had my first fight and won, and uh, it hooked me. And it, once MMA gets its hook set in you, it's super hard to get out of it. Heck yeah. How old were you when you started doing it? I was 18 when I had my first fight. Oh, wow. That's so sick. That's crazy. Yeah. Almost 10 years. Yeah, I'm 27 now, so I've been at it for dang near a decade. And it, it I mean, some days it feels like it's been longer, and some days it feels like I, I just started, you know. It's a lot of ass to whoop. For 10 yeah. Years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a lot of ass whoopings I've taken, too. <laughs> yeah, what keeps you going with, like, fighting? Like, what do you love about it? You, you know, uh it, it's super hard for me to explain uh, me and a couple of my buddies and my wife and all of us just trying to figure out, you know, why do I fight? Like what, what really motivates me to, and I, of course my family and kids and to provide a, a better lifestyle does. But um, I just think it comes down to me being like an adrenaline junkie. 
And I, I just love that feeling, you know, and it, whether it's fighting or hunting or, you know, shark fishing, just wherever it may take me. It's just, I kind of live my life like that. So I guess fighting is the perfect uh, way out for me to, to get that fixed. It's like the new embodiment of cowboy Cerrone almost. Yeah. He's doing all types of wild <laughs> stuff in and out of the cage. Yeah, when I noticed your picture when it popped up and you had like a turkey in your hand, that kind of made me think of like how like, you know, hunting is similar to fighting to me because you still have like a prey that you're mm -hmm. going after that you're like, you probably studied and like watched some of his previous fights to kind of know like what you're going to be looking for when you get there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and turkey hunting is, uh, that's my absolute favorite thing to do on earth. If I could make money turkey hunting, I wouldn't fight. I would definitely just be a turkey hunter, but there's, it's hard to, you know, to put a profit margin into it, but, um, yeah, it, it's a lot, there's a lot of similarities that, you know, that they correlate with hunting and fighting. And, uh, I guess that's why I'm, you know, a decent at both of them. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm from Arkansas, which is pretty close to Missouri and like hunting's really big there. Like they have like the duck, um, capital of the world and Sugar, which I think is pretty cool. And a lot of people yeah. come there just to duck hunt. Actually, uh, TJ Brown, I don't know if you know who he is. Downtown. He's out TJ. of Arkansas. <laughs> out of yeah. Pine Bluff. Yeah. TJ's actually up at Glory right now. He's up there training with us too. So oh, very cool. Yeah. He, uh, I went to a concert in his hometown, Pine Bluff. Fun fact. Him and oh, uh, uh, Thug Nasty. Yes. Oh, dude. yeah. Woo! I love when he fights. He dude, he's so entertaining. Thing. Oh, you got to love him. Yeah. He's very I think he's fighting Edson Barbosa coming up. Dude. That'll be um, I think they, they, they were going to schedule it, but I think there are some uh, contract issues maybe, oh, and I don't geez. know if uh, they got, got it booked or not. Hopefully oh, they do. I'd love to see that one. Yeah, that, that would be wild. Sense. And you have a fight. I think it's January fifteenth. Yep, coming that's up. Correct. Yeah. Well, I practice saying this name, Vyacheslav Borishev. Vyacheslav Borishev. That's a tough name to say, dude. For a tough dude. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. He's a, Whenever, he's a tough guy. Dude, the um, harder the name is to say, a lot of times I'm like, dude, this he's. Ooh, he must be a tough fella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. You know, he's a tough cat. He's he's mostly a striker. Um, he's had like three hundred something kickboxing fights in his over the course of his life, and a world champion kickboxer at that. So um, he's going to be game. But you know, MMA is a totally different sport than kickboxing. So that's for sure. I think I bring a lot of different more tools to the table to win this fight, and. Uh, I think I got a little more of a dog than he does. So um, yeah, if my technique and skill can't beat him, we'll throw out our hearts and see whose beats a little harder. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see it, especially with, like your wrestling background for so mm -hmm. long doing it. I think that's definitely one of like your key advantages in this matchup. The chain yeah, wrestling. 100%. You mix the chain wrestling in on these pure strikers. They don't know what, what hit them half the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, He's, he's going to be, you know, expecting the shot. And, um, and he's going to be good at digging underhooks initially. So, like you said, chain wrestling is going to really eat him up and making him feel comfortable. You know, I'm going to 
keep it on the feet. And if I, and I believe I can stand with them. So as long as I'm comfortable and uh, I feel like I'm getting the best, the striking exchanges, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it there. That's one of my favorite thing about fighters is the confidence. Like I love to hear like the confidence going in. Cause I feel like if you don't have the confidence, then you're kind of counting yourself out going in there. Yeah. That's, that's half the battle, you know, is, is believing in yourself. If, you know, if I sat here and, and tried to blow, you know, smoke up my own butt or yours, um, it's just what it is, you know. Some people have to talk and be obnoxious to, you know, to get that confidence to make them, you know, try to fake it. But um, I believe in my skill set. I believe in my training partners, my coaches. So um, I put so much time in that if I didn't believe in myself, what am I doing this for, you know? Yeah. So sick. Yeah, there are some guys who say some wild, very wild things <laughs> at times. It seems like it's slowing down these days. Like it's yeah, getting more it, professional. You know, we, we were just kind of talking about that, you know, how the McGregor wave came through and everyone was talking shit. Everyone's, you know, trying to be that, uh, that big personality. But I think uh, the humbleness is starting to come back around. And uh, I really like that because it makes it so much easier, you know, knowing that you don't have to deal with all these fake shitheads, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like I the like, humble guys more, for sure. My favorite like fighters like are more Like the Loyola Machida style where you just, like, battle yeah. after you knock him out. Like, yeah. It's cold, <laughs> dude, but respectfully cold. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I like that respectfully cold. Yeah. Respectfully stone cold. Because you got to be, yeah, you got to have ice in your veins in there. So it's so crazy, dude. MMA stole my love from all other sports. Yeah, same. It's, there's, there's nothing like it, you know? Yeah. There's so many other sports to where you can have a flaw. You can have a person can be the flaw, you know, in your system, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever. You know, you can, one guy can, can make up for it, you know, like, if you have a horrible team, one guy can help out or vice versa. You guys can have a great team, but one guy blows it for you. You know, MMA, the world sees truly who's better that night. Yeah. You, you may be a better fighter, but that night maybe you weren't, but the world sees it. And there's no excuses. There's nothing to put it on. It's just you and another man locked in a cage and, there's nothing yeah. more primal than it. So raw. Yeah, the, I like that word primal. That's one of the reasons why I love the sport as well, because it's like when you get in there, I feel like you like I don't fight professionally, but I feel like when you get in, you kind of go like in a different headspace. Like, yeah, I you, don't want to actually fight, but I kind of want to know, like, what's that? What's that like? You know, it's uh, I, I try to stay calm, you know, like the whole the whole day and the lead up and the walkout before I get out there. But when I get in there, it's like every time when the ref's like, Are you ready? Are you ready? Every time in my head, I'm like, man, here we go again. And uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to kill this dude, you know, because he's going to try to do the same to me. And uh, that's food out of my mouth, out of my family's mouth. And let's, uh, let's bang it out. And it's, you, you just can't explain it. You know, it's hard to unless you, you really get in there. It's, uh, my, my coach always says it too, you know, the, the hungriest dog runs the fastest. So who's ever more hungry in there, whoever wants it more, usually comes out on top. There's been so many great lead-ups to – I love the old – you ever watch the old Ultimate Fighter seasons? Mm -hmm. I love those, dude, when 
there was it almost felt like you were along for the ride with them sometimes because it would be like a couple days ahead of time and they're like all right time to start watching my calories and then it'd yeah. be like a couple hours ahead of time and they're like all right yep we're taking the van right over and then like a couple minutes ahead of time and he's like all right i gotta get in there and it's like Whoa. this yeah, that was a change from one you know, day to the uh, next the day of the fight and the build-up and at, from after you step on the scale and weigh in, from that point on until you get in the cage, is just you go through literally every emotion that a human being can possibly feel. It's just it's wild and it's it makes you feel alive, you know. And it's it's calming and it's exciting. It's scary. It's you know, people say they don't get nervous. I, if you don't get nervous, I feel like you know that's that's not always good, you know, cause I feel like the nerves keep you on your toes a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's some just, guys, some guys like Nate crazy. Diaz says he throws up beforehand. And George St. Pierre said every time, basically his coaches have to talk him out of quitting. Yeah. He'd be like, <laughs> I want to quit. I don't want to do it. I want to quit. Like every time yeah. it's crazy. I, I, it took me, I'm not even kidding you till probably, I don't know, two or three fights ago to where, Every time I was walking out, you know, getting ready to walk out to the cage, I'd always be like, man, why am I doing this? This sucks. I do not want to do this. And then, you know, you get in there and once once the door shuts and it gets going, it's like, all right, this is this is bad. But it, it used to, it took me a while to really sit down and you know and convince myself to like really enjoy the process, you know, smell the roses along the way, just have fun and you know when I look back after my career is over that it, I'm not sitting there thinking you know man could I if I'd have not been nervous if I wouldn't have been you know gun try to go do this or that what what would my career look like so now I'm just I'm here to let it all fly you know that's good that's an earned mindset right yeah. there that yeah. is an earned mindset that's for sure it, it took a while it, it definitely did it took me a while to get it yeah that's yeah. so exciting that's so sick. Yeah, that's one thing I appreciate about like fighters like yourself is like the discipline, you know, because the average human walking around does not have that much discipline or wisdom, you know. Yeah, it's it's you know just the being in the game and uh, you know every decision you make, thinking like potentially, uh, you know, if I eat this, do I need to do this or that, or if I don't run today, what's what's going to happen, you know, in the fight, you know. You know, I don't want those what ifs playing like, man, if if I would have ran those other two days or would have went to training this day instead of sitting at home and relaxing, would I won the fight? I, I couldn't live off of what ifs, you know, and, and that's the checklist I try to go through every fight is, you know, did did I a 100 percent train to my full capability? And then two is when I step in the cage, I'm not afraid of this man. I don't respect him. And, you know, I just focus on me and putting out my best performance. And then three is just I don't quit. And, you know, I leave everything in there. Then I, what, what can I be upset about, you know? And uh, if I can do that, I, I, I'll be able to sleep at night. Yeah. That's so, so wild. And just like, dude, there's so many people who would never, they wouldn't be able to cut weight. Imagine the, imagine like the electrician coming to your house. There's no oh, way yeah. he'd never yeah, be able to it, live that life. It's that's the part of the game that's 
I, I don't like it and I hate it, but I get it. It's got to happen. And I've been doing it forever. And so it's just, you know, part of it. But man, my, my fight, when I got called up to the UFC, I took it on six days and uh, I cut 31 pounds in six Yay. days. Against Thud? Against, yeah, Hubbard. Yep. Oh my God. And it's a man, tough guy to do that against. Yeah. And he definitely, uh, he made me pay, you know, with that weight cut. He's just a steady, you know, a steady grind. He's a, he's a tough dude. And uh, so I knew, you know, having a hard cut like that, that I would have had to get him out of there. I knew it was going to be really tough for me to, to beat a guy like him by decision. So that, that's what I went for in the first round. I went to, you know, to put his lights out, try to get him out of there. And uh, it didn't work, you know. I got the first round under my under my belt and won that, but you know I didn't have the energy or the the cardio or the time to to really work those second two rounds. But yeah, it, even the commentary team was pretty much saying that they're like, you know what though, for only six days he looked pretty good for a minute there. Yeah, and and that's all I wanted to do is just show that I belonged and that I, I'm a dog and I'm gonna go after it and. And I, I knew to myself, I'm like, he is not going to finish me. There's no way I'm letting this dude finish me. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and I'm thankful for it. I, I've grown and learned so much from that. And look where it got me. You know, got my foot in the door. So I, I couldn't say no to that. Yeah. Dude, especially those tough, tough debuts like that, those guys always get another chance. There's plenty of guys who slipped on their debut short notice against a super tough oh, guy yeah. like Kevin Holland. There's all types of guys. I can't yeah, there's, like head, I said, but... there's, there's so many guys, but it's the, I think it is a lot of the, the willingness to show, you know, that you're not using that as an excuse that like, Oh, I, I just got in on six days so I can go out there and, you know, let this dude just walk through me and yeah. it'll be all right. They'll understand, you know, on paper, I was supposed to lose that fight. 10 out of 10, you know, coming in off six days. But in my head, I was winning that fight every day. I was knocking that dude's head off in the first round. Yeah. So, but you, you got to have that mindset, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude, there's been some, there's been plenty of great upsets on debuts. I mean, there was some good ones this year. Chris Action Man Curtis, dude, he had a Ooh, good one. That dude's on a roll, man. Yeah, He's dude. Scary dude. I, this was one of the only shows, I only saw one other show that had him picked. I had him picked in both his fights when i had him against haas i was like people don't know dude chris curtis has been working he's been around they haven't paid attention and and he didn't beat you know no middle of the road you know like gatekeepers phil halls was three you know in the ufc at the time and brendan allen's tough as nails man yeah he's has big wins brendan allen and you know for him to go put out you know and it was relatively quick turnaround, you know, from when he fought Hawes to Brendan. Yeah, like two weeks. <laughs> I believe yeah, that one. Insane. It's just, it was, uh, it's, it's awesome to see, you know. Yeah, it is awesome. He was cornering somebody yesterday. I can't remember exactly. Um, was, but... Yeah, I seen him. Oh, it was uh, Jordan Levin, I believe. Oh, the yeah, you were supposed to fight yeah. Jordan Levin at one point. I was, and yeah. I would love Monkey to, King. you know, after I get this fight out of the way and focus on this guy, I would definitely love to get back in there and get that fight scheduled yeah, up. Like that would be so that would be wild. <laughs> Battle of the coolest nicknames. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. And uh, our styles would it would be a, it'd just be a super exciting fight. I, I would yeah. love that one. He had a wild finish. 
Yeah, inverted triangle. I'm I'm super surprised, you know, with that kind of submission that he didn't get a bonus. Dude, I Air Jordan, I was surprised didn't get a bonus. Charles Jordan. That guy's, that I guy's couldn't, weird, man. That got nothing. He had two big fights like that this year. When he fought Marcel Rojo, he didn't get a bonus either. I was like, at the end of that on? fight, when he when he yelled at the dude and then hit him yeah. with that cheap kick and put him on his butt. Yeah. Dude, the ref didn't know what to do. He was like, do I wave it off? Do I? (laughs) He made the funniest reaction I've ever seen out of a ref for that. He was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That was so sick, dude. I love when he fights. Yeah, he's the entertainer for sure. And he's at lightweight, right? Is that one? No, he's at 145. 145. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, they match (laughs) you up with him. There's so many killers at 155, though. Yeah. So it's many. deep, man. 45 so is getting just as deep, you know. 35, so 45, and 55 are insane. It's it's the hardest weight class, you know, to, you know, 55 over the course of, you know, MMA has always been just the deepest weight class because your average man walks around 170, 175 pounds. So they're going to cut to 55. So you're just going to have, a bigger playing field and and you know it's also more rewarding you know when you can go in there and win in a division that's that you know that deep and it's most people's favorites because everybody there's still power but people have great technique yeah. and speed so yeah you, you get a mix of it all some like cats with two tails tied together you know like a little I love cartoon ball going at it it's it's wild some of my all-time favorites were at 155 Tony, dude, Tony's all oh, my yeah. favorite. You, you can, I miss that, uh, you know, I feel like he's kind of over the hill and he's, yeah. he's going to be done. Um, I think it's just, you know, he was so awkward and so athletic over the course of his career that he got away with being like that. And then now that he's older and he's kind of slowed down, that uh, he didn't really develop the fundamentals that he needed to work out of bad positions instead of using, you know, athleticism and awkwardness. Yeah, so he's too busy kicking trees. <laughs> so now it's like people like Darius and Oliver, they put him on the mat, which don't take none from them guys are absolute killers. Yeah. But so he good. just doesn't have the fundamentals to to work and, you know, eliminate the processes he needs to get back to his feet to, you know, to be where he wants. Yeah. Pass them to the guard, dude. And they've now they've got the two longest win streaks in, in the division. That's that's the one fight I think is uh you know scary for Oliveira is Dariush. Dude. I think he gives him a, a good fight. Uh I think, I think he gives just about anybody a good fight. He's fighting oh, Islam, yeah. I think, coming up. That'll yeah. Oh I'm yeah, that's gonna that be one. wild. I'm ready. That'll be I'm, I'm, I'm really pulling for Dariush in that one. I, I hope he can uh can squeak it out. I think he's the dark horse in the division. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, dude. He has been for a while. People never know who he is. He's He was a betting underdog a lot of times when I thought he shouldn't have been. He was a like big Kevin underdog Lee. against Tony. I mean, Charles Oliveira was an underdog against Tony, though. So. Yeah, I know. And what's crazy, I, I've been saying this for about four years or so. I've been, me and my buddy AJ, been telling everyone, you know, Oliveira, he's, he's just so good everywhere. He He's going to be the champ. Just wait till he just starts knocking down the dominoes. And he'll, he'll get there. And finally, it came to fruition. And now everyone's kind of hopping on the 
you know, the bandwagon, but it's like, man, that guy is scary good everywhere. His striking's literally perfect. His, his jujitsu speaks for itself, obviously. His wrestling, you know, look how he took down Chandler right away in that fight. and he, He's just so well-rounded. And I personally think he's the best, you know, well-rounded fighter from yeah, dude, technique wise. It's too bad he doesn't have like Justin Gaethje's chin on him. That would have been yes. so good because that was his, his falling a couple of times. Yeah. And I, and I think too, you know, that was him at 45. I think the cut, because he's a big 55. Yeah. And the cuts to 45 was just so much water out of his brain. I think his chin was just, yeah. you know, it was so much weaker than what it should have been. So when he moved up to 55, he really went on that tear and people said he quit, you know, he breaks, but I, I really think it was just so much exhaustion from his weight cuts. Yeah. I think the only, has he been finished? What did he fight Pettis at 45 or 55? It might've been 55. So then he got finished twice at 55 then. Cause he got yeah. subbed by Pettis and Felder. Yep. With some of the dirtiest elbows I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. Ooh, that was brutal. Yeah, he, it, it's crazy too. Cause you know, Charles grew up in the UFC. You know, he, he got in the UFC when he was 19 years old and has been there ever since. Yeah, he I think lived, it's like 11 years or something. Debuted yeah. Darren Elkins at 19 years old. And yeah. he, he had to, you know, mature and grow up and learn how to fight, you know, high-level competition as a kid, you know. It's, it's hard to do. And it's impressive that he just gutted it out and stayed with it. And, and now look at him, you know. Killing it now. Yeah. I was so scared for him when he fought Dustin. I was, I picked Oliver because I was like, I'm gonna go for him, but I really didn't want to pick either one of them. You that know, was a coin yeah, flip for was, me. Yeah, same. You know, it's like you you love both of them. They're both yeah. great dudes, exciting fighters, and uh, I was super nervous for Oliver so many times in the fight because he wasn't moving his head at all. He was just leaving on center line, and Dustin was tagging him so many times, yeah. but he ate him and walked through him. So. Yeah, that fight was so great. Yeah. Charles Oliveira's title reign has been so entertaining. So oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be wild if he fights Gaethje next. I think they're definitely going to make that one happen. And then I think then the Darius Islam, whoever yeah, wins the that, winner. next. But, uh, yeah. man, I, I really think Charles is going to put it on Gaethje. I think he subs him. You know, Gaethje's harder to take down. But I think he puts him in trouble with hands, and uh, he ends up getting a sub, maybe like round two or three as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's Gaethje, is, uh, he gives his backup quite a bit. So He's uh, – I but like I said, Gaethje's tough as – the toughest dude yeah. in the division. And he, like, gives Gaethje, his backup, but he, like, drunkenly kind of does it in a way that he just slides away as well. And it, he's super hard to take down. Like, oh, yeah. He's the guy who's going to gas out to defend a takedown, you know. He'll, he'll leave everything to prove that you're not taking him down. And he, yeah, he's, he's got, scary. like, an 89% takedown defense or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch some of his fights because I think oh, he's the most recent one I I've seen is when he fought Habib and no, like you saw to him me fight that Chandler. didn't. Okay, yeah, Chandler's a striker, a striker, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That fight was woo, wild, so man. good. So I I felt so bad for the Billy Porantillo and uh, 
Shane Burgos Dude, fight right Because that fight was amazing too. Oh, th- that was fight of the night on any other card. Yeah, and yeah. they kind of got robbed because they broke the record for the most combined strikes landed in the fight, and uh, that fight had to be performed and just steal, <laughs> you know, all the electricity out of the room. So <laughs> yeah, I felt real bad. That sucked. When you are when you're on a card, do you watch fights like while you're waiting, or are you like more focused on like your mind, my, um, your mind, and everything? It, it depends, you know, how deep I'm in the card. Let's say if I'm like the eighth fight or so yeah i'll probably watch like the first three or four fights and then i'm really gonna start hitting it and warming up and getting ready and focusing and dialing in um I, i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be pretty early on this card so probably like the first or second fight so which i like it's nice the waiting's the hardest part yeah, i said it the best so yeah i can't imagine just like waiting to get up there and what yeah, you've you been training for like, for so long. Yeah, it's it's like you say, you just got that anxiety that build up and everything. You're ready you to get in there. Probably couldn't even really enjoy thing. the other fights until after your fight. No, yeah. probably not. <laughs> no, I don't think You're so. Like, ah. I think it's like just hurry up, fucking get the knockout finished. All right, thank God, next fight. And then yeah. you see a fight, how it's going. Like, Fuck, this one's going to go to decision. I can just feel it and then go to the decision and then man, straw weight. Ah, it's gonna be oh, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, it's it's more relieving afterwards, but this card's gonna be super, you know, nerve-wracking even after I fight. Cause I got Jake Collier, who you know I came up training with and uh been training with him ever since I started MMA. He's fighting the same night as me. And then also TJ Brown, he's on the card as well. So uh, two downtown, other teammates, so it's going to be a fun night. I always love to say that. Downtown TJ Brown. I like when yeah. the nickname comes first. <laughs> yeah, his, his, he's got to go in. TJ's a good – he's a great dude, man. And he's a great training partner. Uh, I love his accent, his Arkansas. He's got a deep draw. <laughs> it's, uh, it's super fun just being around him. Yeah, it's good for him to get out of a big gym like that, I think. Get better training partners than Little Rock. Yeah, that's one thing I learned when we we had Bobby Southworth on the podcast. He was on, like, the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. And um, I always thought, like, um, you know, MMA was, like, an individual sport because you're, like, in there by yourself. But I didn't know, like, how much of a difference it makes when you have better training partners, you know. Yeah, you you have to – you have to seek out to find, you know, guys that are going to beat you up in the gym and, and be better than you. Uh, when you you are so dominant in training and you're better than everyone, you kind of get that bullfrog on the pond mentality and you get stagnant. So you're not really growing. And uh, this game, everyone knows if, you, if you're not growing, you're not evolving, you're going to get left in the dust. It's This game's ever-evolving. It's, yeah. it's unrelentless. It's... You know, it's the craziest sport on earth, and it, anyone can argue it. There's no, it's a fact. This is the craziest sport oh, on earth. Yeah, for it's why. the craziest and the best, in my opinion. Lethway might be up there, dude. Lethway's got headbutts. They're crazy too. <laughs> oh yeah, that, Lethway's uh, like MMA, but no takedowns. Well, you can throw them to the ground, but no ground. That uh, thing, 
somewhere in like Nigeria or somewhere over there. In with the one big arm? Yeah, it's like a cast <laughs> kind of. <laughs> club people with it. wild. It's wild. Yeah, that's crazy too. Dude, there's some wildness going on. That five on five stuff. Oh, those are brutal because it's always the first guy to go down. After that, it just becomes yeah. two on one, three on yeah. one, four on one, five on over. one. That's like some fight circus stuff, dude. They yeah. have some. You ever yeah. watch fight circus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I love the 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 uh, when they're in the phone booth, literally the phone. Oh booth yeah, fighting. yeah, and they love that them. is so wild. Leftway in the phone booth, craziness. <laughs> <laughs> they do that, dude. They must not be getting paid that much to do that. I would think. I, I'm like, those guys probably got like 600 bucks for that. That's like rough and rowdy kind of. Yeah. <laughs> when you watching something where it's like two on one recently? Yeah, that was Fight like, Circus. It was one, and the fat guy was so much better than the in shape guys. It was so <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> it was one fat guy versus two really in shape guys, and he was. He was losing, but only because it was two versus one. Yeah, and it, it's so unassuming, you know. There's, there's guys I've trained with or seen, you know. You see him, dude, Jake like, Collier. <laughs> Jake, Jake, scary dude, man. And uh, there's guys, you know, that you look at him and you're like, man, that guy's a nerd. That guy looks like he wears, he's like playing with Yu-Gi-Oh cards and they're wearing his Dragon Ball Z jacket. <laughs> Uh, which there's a lot of guys like that in MMA. You know, there's so many guys that are just a different breed of guys. And you I wouldn't expect them to be tough. Yeah, you, you wouldn't expect these type of guys to be tough, but they're they got a different knack for the game. They got a different mindset where they you know they they just dive in and they they really pick it apart and they're like savants to the game. It's it's crazy. Yeah, there's a guy that just debuted at Bellator. Ben Big Tuna something. Yes, dude, this guy, yeah. his physique, oh, you'd never he, think this man is good, he, but he man, is so fast. Too. He's so fast. It's ridiculous. He's so jiggly and fast. He just knocked yeah. out like the ninth ranked guy or something in Bellator. Yeah. His debut. Yeah. So sick. Yeah, it was like 30 seconds or something. So wild. Yeah. That's like last night I thought Odalkis was going to be able to to get in there and make their close his big punches. And after two rounds, he'd be able to outwork him for the third, fourth, and fifth and just put hands on him, probably not finish him, but just box him out. And, man, yeah. Lewis was not having that. He yeah. he was unloading. He, Lewis looks twice his size. <laughs> he is big. He was 30 pounds heavier, I think, or something. Yeah, and, and 30 pounds heavier. He weighed in 30 pounds heavier. So, you know, Dawkins just stepped on the scale at what he was. So Yeah. He and Lewis is probably like 270-something. Yeah, I bet, I bet he's 280. He probably had, you know, 55 pounds on him at least. Yeah, he was – he looked so much bigger. And you could really even – even in the striking, when it – and that almost showed Chris Dawkins, I don't think – Maybe he can, but it almost seems like those guys who are full-size heavyweights are going to be yeah, a little too big for him. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like you, once you go from there, you got you know Engano, you got Gon, Boyd, uh, Volkov. Yeah, these guys are such big frames and six, body seven. weight. <laughs> so even like blades, you know, like Curtis and. 
I, I just think, you know, I, I think he can make 205. Uh, I really do. Oh, but, yeah. you know, is it really beneficial to him? Uh, he's He's got the speed advantage. Skill uh, he's not, advantage a lot of times. So, uh, you know, maybe it's not worth the weight cut to go down to fight guys just as quick and maybe have a little more power, but they're quicker in scrambling positions or the weight cut kills you. Um, it's something he'd have to figure out, you know. Everyone I think he's got to make a decision of go down or put on bigger. 20 pounds in muscle. Yeah, so I think so. He's only like 32. That is young at heavyweight. That this guy's fight till they're 45. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> you, could like take, you could take eight months to gain 20 pounds at heavyweight. Yeah, sure. You know, look at Glover Teixeira, just yeah. 42 years old, just won the belt. You know? Yeah. So good. He's got it, dude. He's so good. That's of all it's, time. So, you know, it, it's a feel good story. You know, it makes you feel good seeing that, you know, him yeah. coming to the top and not making it. And then he kind of disappeared for a while. Then he climbs his back way up his way all the way back to the top. And, you know, he's not just beating gimmies and getting, you know, title shot he didn't deserve. He worked his way up there and, uh, finished great guys and tough fights and and is undisputed champ now it's 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 just awesome to see he had such a great run to the title too dude from that and even from the ion kutalaba fight when the win streak started but even but from the main events like when he fought anthony smith that was so good and then we fought tiago santos that was such an underrated fight so good you know anthony I thought Smith was winning the first round for sure. Maybe the second. Yeah. I can't remember. First two, yeah. Hey, he was just staying long and popping him, and Teixeira just started eating at him. And I think he knocked Anthony's teeth out or something yeah. in that fight. Yeah. yeah. There's a part, there's a fa- pretty famous clip because that was one of the first cards. They hadn't quite figured out how to do the no crowd camera yet. And you could really hear the coaches and everything in the first couple yeah. fights. And there was a part where he's grounding and pounding him. And his teeth fall out, and he goes, Ooh. I'm sorry. And he, Anthony Ooh, Smith just goes, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> then it goes to the corner, and he, yeah, when he sat down, he goes, I think my teeth just got knocked out. <laughs> and he's like, breathe. All right, this is what you got to do when you get in there. Like, just totally ignored. Then he said his teeth got knocked out. <laughs> yeah, Mark Montoya is a savage, man. Crazy. Whew. Lionheart, dude. Anthony Smith's one of my favorites of all time, too. Yeah, he's a great dude. And My he, favorites, you'll probably tell the style I like, dude. Tony Ferguson, Anthony Smith, you know, the Diaz brothers. I like them. Yeah. <laughs> Max Hall. Yeah, I, I love yeah, Max, dude. That guy is – I just don't know how they don't give him a title shot again. Yeah, I agree. Is he getting a title shot after, next? I, I think he is. I thought Dana said to Volk, you know, like, dude, I'm sorry, but – you're going to have to fight him yeah. again. He should. <laughs> Didn't Vegas give everybody, everybody their money back last time or something? Yeah, they did. Wildness. The only time they've ever done that in any sport ever. <laughs> That's no. that, what was wild. You know, I personally thought Max won the second fight. I thought the first fight was, you know, super close. Very and close. that I wasn't upset with either way. But I thought the second fight, Max definitely won that fight. I, oh, yeah. Dropped him twice. And I was watching it unbiasedly, you know, really trying to just pick it apart. And I I still think, you know, Max won that fight. And I'm just excited to see what he's going to bring to the table different, if he's just going to put way more value on him. 
and what Volk's going to do to try to win. So, you know, that Ortega fight with him was wild. But yeah. <laughs> That'll probably get fight of the year. I think so. Already. That was so good. That was one. Aaron Gaethje was five rounds. They probably yeah. would have got it. But I think since that one was just so wild and so close to finishes, and it was a, it was an awesome fight to, you yeah. know, for the title fight, too. And I thought Ortega won the fifth round, too. So I, I was too. like, dang, he's, he's not even out of it entirely. So. And, uh, you know, it was just some of them. I just think uh, Volk did so much more damage to him. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. oh he was destroyed. Oh, my God. Ortega Life-changing really- ground and pound. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't wear damage too well either, you know. Yeah. He gets busted up real Swells bad. up. Yeah. I think with a different game plan, Ortega would have stood a better chance. He's tough as dude. So I tough. Mean, a little too tough for his own dead. good at times. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people could have handled that much damage and would still be standing. Oh, no, he's got a great chin. And it's like the fight with Max even, they threw in the towel. He wasn't going to quit, Yeah, you know. But that was a that was a great decision for his corner to do because Max was yes just, picking him apart. It was not even a fair fight. That yeah. was that looked like a a UFC champ fighting a day one amateur fighter. Yeah, because I mean they that that was a a hype train gone wrong almost on yeah. that one. It was like this guy's got some momentum behind him. Throw him in there for a title. But I was like, yeah, he was beating tough guys, but they were tough, a lot tougher four or five years before he was. Yeah, yeah, he fought, you know, he subbed Guida, uh, he knocked Frankie out. Um, Don't get me wrong, those guys are still, you know, to go to the sport and still around and still fighting tough as hell. But Ortega caught them, you know, not necessarily in their prime anymore. Yeah. And, but. Ortega then tough, came up man. against, and because better. of that, then went up against a prime Max Holloway, yeah. which yeah, he was, was not ready for at that time. And I, you know, I was kind of bought into the hype of Ortega too. I thought, oh, yeah. you know, man, this might be a good fight. This he's a wizard, dude. Fight. He could pull it out. And sheesh, that he was, was he was undefeated. After, you know, after the first two rounds. Watching, I'm like, dude, they're they're gonna have to freaking stop this fight. This is gonna get way worse. And <laughs> thank God they did throw in the towel for his career sake, you know. There's times like that could happen. It could happen again, dude. Like, I think Cyril Gone is very good, but you could see a similar thing when he finally gets to like Ninganu. Yeah, like, oh, who, who hits we'll the hardest? We'll see if he can actually recorded. handle something like that. Yeah, was- that's scary. He that fought man. tough guys, but I mean JDS and Lewis, you know, they're not fast. Like and Luke, I think Lewis has the that was not him in that fight, you know, when he fought Gon. He all the pressure, yeah, all that got to him. And uh he was gun shy. He wasn't in there and he kind of just, you know, he kind of gave it to the guy. He yeah. you know, I think he's a way better, he could beat that guy. But I think, like you said, that I think Ngannou's starting to really come into his prime, and he's yeah. he's getting better every fight. So it's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be. I think he finishes Gon. I think it'll be Gon's gonna play on the outside, you know, and try yeah. to use movement because he's got pretty good movement for a heavyweight. Yeah, he's very fast. Yeah, and I, I think he he's just gonna get clipped or something, you know. Yeah, and Gano just has to get you one time. I think I think Gon is gonna be winning the fight until like 
somewhere at some point, it could be early, it could be late, but dude, 25 minutes is a long time to make it through with Francis Ninganu. Yes, to keep one of them bomb. That's all he yeah. needs is one, one punch. And not even to put your lights out, but just that one punch for you to, for everything that you've been, you know, your game plan to change. You're, you're like, fuck, he's got power. And he just touched me with the jab. And, you know, you start second guessing your game plan and what you're doing. And then he just starts picking at you. And then next thing you know, you're waking up. <laughs> if he yeah, stays like well protected and fundamental like he did in his last fight, I don't see him losing. But if if he, if for a second, gets frustrated and blitzes, I think that's where Gon could really exploit him and do something there. I think I, – I really don't think Gon's going to try to – well, you know, the, I think they used to train together a little bit, something. Um, oh. I don't know how much they train together. But so they they know with, from sparring, you know, what each other's tendencies are and whatnot. But if my, I had to guess, I think Gon's going to – like I said, he's going to stay on the outside and try to counter punch and try to use his kicks to keep his range – but like you said, if, if Francis overextends and and tries throwing too big and, you know, he catches him with a clean uppercut or left hook, that's that's what I could see, him, you know, finishing him with. But it's I, – I just – I don't think he's got the, you know, the balls to win the fight, honestly. Yeah. Francis is such a monster, dude. Yeah. Woo. It's not one. I like a... when you say that he shot Stephe. That's know, what it looked like. Him. It looked like he got shot with a <laughs> gun, dude. And he folded his leg on yeah. him, man. It looked like he got shot. Like when when you see videos of people like getting shot in like convenience stores and stuff, they fall in a similar way to how Stephe just locked up and just went down. It's like whoa. Yeah, it's so wild. And heavyweight's insane. I feel like you can be like super confident, but I feel like no matter who you are, you've got to be scared going in there with Nganu. Oh, yeah, down and, oh yeah. Oh my god, dude. Even if I was armed, I'd be <laughs> <laughs> I would fight him with a gun. Ain't no yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, if we're in the octagon and I'm armed, I'm like, I feel like he could take a couple of these, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> get me. He probably could. <laughs> yeah. So wild. <laughs> It'd be so, oh man, yeah, that would not be it. <laughs> that do not be the look. Yeah, you cannot pay me. It's good he's a nice. Both of them are real nice. Even. Two of the most scary oh, yeah. men you can name in the world are also two of the nicest guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about the, did you see the Woodley getting knocked out last oh, night? Oh my God, yeah. dude. He moved and that his was here in Tampa. To like, that was, he, it was such a bizarre punch. He like wound up. And then Woodley moved his hand out of the way and got hit. It was wild. It's like, it's like you know, they were in the back before the fight. When I do this, I need yeah. you to drop your hand. I'm going to throw that big <laughs> I feel like that's what happened. <laughs> Tyron Woodley's mom was like, everyone get together for a group photo afterwards. It was, oh. I was like, what are you uh, doing? What are you doing? <laughs> You're killing this man. And, man, I don't know what he made. I know he made a lot of money. Yeah, probably like and a mil and a half. If, yeah. You know, they told me to fight Jake Paul, and they're like, hey, here's $50 million, but you can't knock him out. I would do it. Yeah. But I'm not doing the, well, he's got to knock you out. You oh, know? dude, I've been calling out Jake Paul 
Jake Paul, you better hear this, dude. I'm still on your ass, dude. I'm not calling out Jake Paul, but don't tell anyone though, dude. But bet I'm just saying you might want to slide a little money that I'm going down with the first punch. Because that's also what I'm sliding some money on, dude. Because whatever he pays me, I'm betting that I go down in the first punch. Because I don't care if it's a body jab, dude. I'm going down right (laughs) off the rip. You get the 10 count, that's all you need. This oh like yeah, flatline with a body jab. <laughs> he was talking about coming to MMA, which you know. Oh no way! How do, boxers can't survive against MMA, you know, because they have boxers versus MMA recently. Mike Perry fought, and I feel like it was really obvious, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think he he should do a boxing match with MMA gloves against, uh, you know, a guy that's Woodley's zero for six in his past six fights. You know, he's he's kind of. Ex- Accepted losing, he's not hungry, you know. Yeah, he's not the same killer, the champ that he was before. And yeah, that, and he's a is. small guy. He's like a foot shorter than Jake Paul. How much does Jake yeah. Paul weigh? I'm gonna see who he could possibly. I think find. he weighs in at 190, so probably like 210. Yeah, yeah probably so. So you said he probably fight at what, like 170? Maybe? 85, 185, 85 or 70. If he really wanted to cut hard, he could make 70 probably. So let's throw him in there with Masvidal. They're like oh my God. Neil Magny. They'd be the same height. Yeah, not even a guy. Chamaya, someone like Hamzat. That'd be brutal, dude. Hamzat. That would, that would be like murder. Yeah. <laughs> murder him. Dude, I'm, so I'm on the Hamzat no hype train after the last one. I wasn't too sure. And then when he just, dude, when he just destroyed Leach with no problem whatsoever, I was like, all right. Leach isn't the greatest, but he's not out here getting destroyed by people like this. No. You know, he usually goes the distance with people. Four fights. Four fights in the UFC, and he's been punched four times. That's it. (laughs) So wild. That's unbelievable. Some of the guys he beat aren't looking too bad. Gerald Mearshart continuing to win repeatedly. He's on like a four-fight win streak now since he got one punch knocked out. So... Some of them not looking too good, like John Phillips, but, um, you know, we yeah. love that. Yeah, I don't think he's even in the UFC, is he? Dude, Did I he doubt it. Cut? Did he ever get a win? I don't think so. Yeah, I think he went uh, 0 for 5 or something. I don't know, though. <laughs> There's some guys who get, like, one win on the contender, and then they let him lose quite a few times. It's Yeah. It's, quite, it's wild. Yeah, there's there's a couple guys in here, you know, that I'd love to fight that, I don't think they belong, but, you know, they got the right fights. They they won fights that you were supposed to win, you know, like their contender series fights or uh, a short notice fight. You know, they, they won the fights that, you know, that kept them or made them get to where they're at. So you can't be mad at them, but it's like, uh, just let me at you. Let me, cool. let's see if you really belong, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so there's what a, do we call that? A measuring stick? There was one dude. There's one dude. I don't think he's if he's still in the UFC, then I'll get one more good payday out of him. When I I don't really bet too much. If I do, I bet like a dollar just to make it more fun. But Jamie uh, Simmons, dude. I'm sorry if you know him. Jamie Simmons. I have no clue who that is. Dude, I think he fought at 145. Jamie Simmons, I think, went oh oh three and one in something like that. But oh, he man, just looked rough. Yeah, but it was like his I think he just kept taking short notice fights. So they kept throwing him in there, but he never didn't even, he's not even, usually somebody will have a moment. 
but he had his moments. He never even had his moments. So he just continuously oh, lost. <laughs> so that's, that's rough. <laughs> There's been some guys like that. So sorry, Jamie Simmons, if you're listening, but you made me some cash. I'll send you a little if you need it at this point, if you're hard <laughs> up. I'll slide a little your way. <laughs> yeah, that's rude. That's horrible. <laughs> but there's been what what type of stuff do you like to do besides hunting, like when you're not fighting people? Oh uh, training. And that's that's a lot of my time is hunting is a lot of it besides, you know, hanging out with my family and yeah. uh, going fishing and uh, vacation, going to the beach. I love going to the beach, and, uh, being out in the ocean and spear fishing. Um, oh, hell yeah. Dude. But like, uh, if, if I could somehow figure it out, I'm still trying to figure it out, how I can make money turkey hunting, that's what I'm going <laughs> to do. Hopefully, the way would have to be like a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. And then you get like sponsors for like turkey jerky and like hunting gear or something. Yeah. Calls. I that's a that's an avenue, but it's like the work that I don't want to do. Like yeah. I don't want to, you know, have to edit and put out content and and do all that. And and that's me being lazy. With the production like, is yeah here's crazy. Your, Here's your way to do it, and I, that's not the way I want to do it. I just want to <laughs> kill turkeys and get paid for it. But anyhow. it would make it a lot less fun if you had to set up production and everything yeah. rather than just go and enjoy your turkey hunting time. You have to do yes. it how like Ronan does it. He has his brother do all his social media stuff. Yeah, we yeah. had this guy on. He's like 13, 14, and he's fought like 40 Swanson. times already. Oh wow! And, um, yeah. yeah. Ooh, he and helps he someday to fight at your weight class. Yeah. And maybe one day he'll be matched up with him. Ronan Swenson, 10 years from now. If you're like, oh, dude, this is the guy. I'll be 37, dude. Yeah, you'll be 37. Wow. He'll be 24. You know, <laughs> could be. they match guys like that up a lot. They do. Oh. Yeah, I think Those he'll be really good in the favorites, future. Those are some of my favorites, dude. When I'm like, all right, well, dude, let's see how they do. I love when, like, a Keep young guy old, goes up against, old. like, Darren Elkins or... Jim Miller, someone like that. Yeah. We're going to know how good it's they brutal. are. Yeah. <laughs> then you'll know. There have been some brutal ones. Like, uh, there was one where I was like, this guy, he had some momentum behind him. Jonathan Pierce. You know Jonathan Pierce? He had yeah. some momentum behind him. And he, they pa paired him up with Joe Lozon. And I was like, oh, dude, they, you'll know quick how good he is. Oh, and yeah. it was an ass whooping. Woo! That was a slick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's one of those nerds, dude, that you were talking about yeah, like, yeah. are just ridiculous. And that's probably that because I know we interviewed someone and they were saying they were like getting bullied at one time in school. And that's like what led them to like yeah, fighting Ronan. to be. Ronan's yeah, Ronan, just to be able to defend yourself. And it's it's if you if you can be good in areas and it's not even you don't have to be a physical specimen to be good at fighting. You know, if you can you know, learn on the fly and learn, you know, just positions and, and have a fight IQ. They don't matter your build or anything. You, you can be good at fighting. And that's, you know, them guys that are super smart and intellectual, they can really pick this apart and, and, and they're good. There's just so many different styles of, you know, not just styles of fighting styles, but like uh, a mentality wise as a fighter, you know, like, like you guys, you know, like that, that are super smart, super, 
you know, and like a Rory McDonald kind of guy. Mm. Um, but I don't think they have a dog. Athletic. Yes, very. But he was a super smart dude, you know, just very awkward and, and odd and, and was just ahead of the game in areas than a lot of guys at a young age. And then you got Nate Diaz, guys that are just fighters, you know, that it don't matter who you put in the cage with them, they're going to scrap. It don't matter what you're good at, yeah. you know, who you be, it don't matter. Yeah, just out cardio you, just out work you, dude. I, I love a good workhorse style fight, dude. Those are always so good. Oh, yeah, the, and it's so rewarding when you, you can go in there and just outwork someone, and it's like, no, nah, I didn't sub you. I just – you know, made you break and quit from being tired and then got the submission, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Guerra versus yeah. Fluffy Hernandez earlier in the year was a great yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, that was a great one. That was so good. I love when they, those types of fights where it's like, okay, they're grinding for, and then it's just still one guy. Right when they can feel it, dude. Because you, when you're grappling with a guy, you can feel it, dude. And he's like, all right, this guy's gassing. Oh, yeah. Time to just oh, pour yeah. it on. And that makes for, some of the greatest moments of all time in fights. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, hopefully I, I can impose that type of pressure and will on this dude and, and just make him quit. And I know, you know, these Russians, they're just different breeds of people, they, the different mindsets. and uh, But it, I'm excited because I know he hasn't fought someone, you know, with my type of skill set and mindset. So. Yeah, you only had like what do we see? Yeah, he doesn't have like as many five, fights. Six fights. Yeah. Does he and have I think beard that's... and a mustache? Oh, he does have the mustache, dude. Yeah, when a Russian's got a beard, no yeah. mustache. That's, that's bad when news. You go there for reels, reels. But he's got the mustache still, though. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, if they got no mustache, you're in trouble. If you're not sure if he's Russian or <laughs> from uh, what is it, Amish, you're like, oh man. Oh yeah, okay. he's a tough <laughs> guy. <Jebediah. laughs> they need yeah, a good amish mma fighter to come out of the woodwork like i've just been training at the farm that'd be sick <laughs> yeah that'd be so smith or something i like when guys come out of the mountains like yuri prohatska and they just start wilding yeah. out like who is that guy? guy that guy's so fun to watch yes dude he's got a real shot at being the champ i think so i think yeah. I think Glover's just going to have to, you know, get in his grill and put him on the mat and just grind him for, yeah. you know, because we haven't got to really see that guy's gas tank. Yep. And I think Glover's just got that type of style to where it don't look like everyone's like, oh, shit, I get away from him or he ain't taking me down until you're in there with him. Relentless. Yeah. It's going to be so wild being the champ of, like, your division, you know, because you've got a target on your back everyone's that everyone's aiming for. You, for. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the podcast this week. Don't forget to uh, DM us on Instagram if you have anything you want to talk about or if you'd like to be a guest on the show. And also, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps people find our podcast. Again, we really appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Bye.